What we've been seeing over the last few days is that Jesus had some very specific things to say about prayer, and they're different to some of the things perhaps we think about prayer. So much so that it exposes the fact that perhaps our praying is in some way deficient or incomplete. And I wouldn't have the nerve to broadcast this to the world if it wasn't for the disciples of Jesus who sought him out one day and begged him to teach them to pray. And Jesus didn't brush them off and say they didn't need to be taught how to pray. He didn't say, no, 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 all you need to do is talk to God. There's nothing to it. Just, just go away and do it. I mean, all prayers are the same. All prayers are acceptable. On the contrary, Jesus said, okay, if you want to know how to pray, I'll talk to you about prayer. And what we've seen so far this week is he has some very practical things to say about prayer. For example, uh, he begins with, well, when you pray, go into your room and close your door. What's that got to do with anything? Well, Jesus says, when you pray, I want you to get by yourself in a specific spot where you're able to pray in privacy without any distractions or disruptions. Like, this isn't just on the go, in the midst of the hustle and bustle. Please let me pass this exam. Please let the day go well. Please help me find a parking space kind of praying. No, Jesus teaches us that we need some intentionality about our praying. We need to find a time and a place. And then he says, when you find a time and a place, don't spend a lot of time talking about what you want and need, which would be like, what else are we going to pray about? That's pretty much all my praying consists of. But he says, you don't need to spend ages praying about all of that because guess what? Your heavenly father already knows. But what else is there to talk about when we've gone to our room and closed the door? Well, that question leads us to the brink of making a major discovery about prayer. That if we don't learn it, we could spend our whole life praying and missing what prayer is really all about. And so we spent the week looking at this model prayer that Jesus gave us. If you remember, Jesus says, start by focusing on God. Let it sink in that he's your heavenly father. He's your dad. He cares for you. He loves you. You don't have to try and twist his arm or manipulate him. He's closer than the air you breathe. And he's for you. And then Jesus moves on and encourages us to pray, hallowed be your name. That's another way of saying great is your name. Holy is your name. Your name is to be honoured. Now just to say, this in no way contradicts what we've seen about God being our father or our dad. It merely underlines how profound that is. You see, Jesus' disciples back then would have thought of God as so exalted and so transcendent and so unapproachable that they would have found it almost unimaginable to have any kind of personal relationship with him. You know, I can't help thinking that a lot of us have lost something of this sense of wonder and awe before God. And we'll never fully appreciate the tremendous privilege of prayer that we're able to approach God as our Father. We'll never appreciate this if we've lost sight of his breathtaking transcendence. The fact he really does have authority over absolutely everything. And so Jesus says, when you start, 
don't rush to you. Start with the Father. Celebrate that God is your dad. That's how intimate, that's how personal the relationship is. But in thinking of God like this, please don't reduce him in size. Don't be irreverent or flippant or blasé. Don't lose sight of the fact that he's almighty, all-powerful, holy, awesome, and to be revered. And if you'll do that, here's what I think you'll discover. The more time you spend recognising who it is you're talking to, the less concerned you'll become about all those unresolved issues which you can't wait to ask him to resolve. That the more time you spend acknowledging and embracing and experiencing who it is you're talking to, the more confidence you'll have when you leave that he's with you and he can handle whatever it is you feel compelled to bring to him. Now I'd venture a guess about your prayers that really if you're anything like me, you don't tend to spend much time there. It's more a case of, dear Heavenly Father, and I say Heavenly Father because Jesus once said something about God being our Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now I've got some stuff going on over here. So please, gimme, 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 gimme. And I think Jesus would say, that's fine, but you're missing a critical piece here. You need to pause and reflect on and declare God's greatness Read back to him something someone has written about his greatness. Dig around in the book of Psalms and meditate on one that exalts God. Why? It's to remind you of the context in which you live. It's to remind you of how great God truly is. It puts you in proper perspective. It puts your problems, your issues, your health, your financial struggles, your relational struggles, it puts all of it in the context of this great and mighty God who is so awesome that he deserves your submission. He deserves to be honoured. He deserves to be followed. And would you stay there for a while and just marvel at the wonder of it? Would you not allow the pressing issues and concerns to cause you to move past that too fast. Because the longer you stay there, and the degree to which that begins to sink in, really it affects every other facet of how you pray, and for that matter, how you live your life. So when you spend just a few minutes right now sitting with the Father in joyful, grateful worship. might want to sit in silence for a few moments or sing a song or rattle off a list of things you're grateful for or some of the specific things you love about him. Why don't you just take some time to reflect on and praise him for how great his name is.